Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week are David and Jamie to talk about the win over St Mirren, the defeat against Celtic and if referees need VAR to help them. We also chat about the win over Livingston and we preview Rangers on Sunday. How are we all this week, guys? Very well, very well, Ross. Hey, all right. Jamie, are you all right? Yes, never better, Ross, never better. Delighted to be back on the, the Hearts Review. We're going to talk about the last three games, um, starting with St Mirren. We, Jamie, we, we won that game, um, as you described to me, quite ugly, but, you know, still got the three points, 2-0 win, Stephen Kingsley scoring a great free kick, you know, overall... A good three points. Yeah, you know, it's important that you learn to win ugly. Um, not every game you're going to be able to get to the levels that Robbie Nielsen's hearts have got to this season. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's good to, to show that we can win when we've not been at our best. Craig Gordon, again, came up big on numerous occasions. He's, he's a bit too busy for my liking. Um, but a, a good three points, nevertheless. And it was an important three points, actually, because you go, you've got Celtic and Rangers coming up and a tough trip to Livy in between. So that was an important three points. Jamie was saying there, you know, a, a, a good result. We won ugly. But Craig Gordon was worked quite a bit during the game, wasn't he? It's a good result. No, listen, uh, yeah, he, he absolutely was worked too much for me. But listen, it seems to be every single game. We just give constant chances away. And perhaps if we had Craig Gordon and goals during the season, we got relegated. We might, we might have been third. Um but yeah, uh, he is. He's, he's constantly worked too much. But listen, when you have a world-class goalkeeper, and I think maybe that's why more attention's brought to the fact that, that he has worked a lot more is because he's making these world-class saves. They're probably the saves that no other goalkeeper really makes in the league, but he's making them because he is world-class. And it's not often, in fact, it's never will you say that you, you, you'll see a Hearts player who's world-class, especially nowadays. Um because he could walk in any team in Europe, in the world probably, and easily be their number one. For me, he's the best uh, goalkeeper in Britain. I, I, I just don't see any evidence of any other goalkeeper that's better than him. Um, he's better than any of the English goalkeepers, the Welsh, the Irish goalkeepers. He, he's he's tremendous to watch, and it's a pleasure for us to watch him. Um, yes, I'd love to see him um, not have to make any saves, but that's just unrealistic, I'm afraid, with, with the defence that we have. So... Um, but it's good to know that we've got that 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 type of quality in goals, which means that uh, more often than not, we'll we'll get away with it when we are slightly uh, caught napping at the back, which seems to be every week. David, you seem to be laughing there at Gordon mentioning defence, only taking him two minutes. <laughs> well, he just can't help himself, can he? Loves a wee jibe at the team now and then, even when they're winning. <laughs> it's like he thrives off of it, doesn't he? Um, ah, well, you know, it's expected with Mr. Senior now, isn't it? You know, you've got both ends of the spectrum with the, the, the senior brothers, haven't you? You've got the one that can't give them enough praise regardless, the one that can't Excuse me, are you denying anything I've just said there is wrong? <laughs> I'm not saying that the Hearts team does it to... that, but you just yeah, you, have exactly. have a, you have to just stab away, don't you? Just chip away at them. That's what do you? You're, you're worse than me. Oh, don't start, honestly. Yeah, you have nothing positive to say, so you're, you're trying to backtrack on my comments. To deflect Honestly. from your own opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Laughable. Laughable. Sorry, what was the question? We got rid of Ross. 
<laughs> I just thought I'd bring you in there, Dave, because yeah, yeah. we were sort of laughing away. I'll come, I'll come to the question. Obviously, it was good to see um, Gary McKay Stevens score. It was also good to see Stephen Kingsley score another fantastic free kick. Yeah, it is. And now you, it's nice to have a, a bit of a set piece specialist because we've been missing one for a number of years now. Um, so, whenever you, it gives, look, it's always nice to have that option whenever you've got a free kick 25, 30 yards out that you might score because, you know, think of the duds like Mallory Martin, who can they uh, get the ball off the deck when they tried to take free kicks and they were known as uh, set piece specialists. So now it's nice to actually have one. Um, but yeah, tremendous free kick. You kind of, kind of knew it was in as soon as it left his foot and went over the wall as soon as it was over the wall goal every day of the week no no keeper is saving that as far as I'm concerned even Craig Gordon probably wouldn't get to that although I maybe wouldn't put it past him um, and yeah you know Mackay Stephen he, he gets a lot of criticism because he doesn't really run about and I think rightly so because half the time you know we talk about how you know you need to knock your pan in every game I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he doesn't do that but he does find himself in the right areas and you know if he's got that sort of natural instinct to get into the box and finish off chances like that, then you know you can't. You have to. You have to take your heart off and say, "Well played." And big goals and big moments can happen in circumstances like that. So if he pops up, uh, maybe off the bench, which I think looks like will probably be the role that he'll have this season. Um, if we've got a fully fit team, then yeah, uh, a good option to have uh, and a good finish as well. We'll move on and chat a little bit about the Celtic game. Um, one 0 defeat. Gordon, but you know, plenty of positives to take from the game. Now, I was expecting this to be competitive. I would have been extremely disappointed if we hadn't been. Um, I think maybe just prior experiences probably um, puts you in that frame of mind. But listen, yeah, the performance I thought was was all right. Um, I wouldn't think it was a great performance because you know we've lost the game because of a, a terrible linesman. But I mean, I thought. The, the the performance could have been better and uh, particularly in the first half I thought there was times where we got the ball um, and we just didn't use it well enough unfortunately didn't create as many chances as I would have liked to have seen but second half was a, a huge improvement and I kind of thought it would be and that, that conceding the goal at that particular time really annoyed me because I knew Celtic would be gassed by a, about 60 minutes because it's generally just the way they play and we've seen that in the second half Hearts were getting a lot more of the ball I was actually surprised that I think the official stats ended up with Hearts only having be, I can't remember if it was 30 or, or 35% possession. It, it felt like a lot more than that. Um, and I thought Hearts used the ball well at times um, in that second half and, and created a number of good chances, but they just weren't clinical enough. You know, Kingsley's the big one for me with a free header. Um, I think Hearts scored at that moment. I think there's a really good chance they could go in and win the game uh, because Celtic would have to open up. They would have to commit more bodies forward. And I think Hearts looked good in the break. Um, GMS falling over himself. Um, and Boyce unlucky with the follow-up. And then obviously um, Mackay as well put the ball just wide. Um, I thought we were unlucky in the second half and we deserved at least a point. Um, uh, well, listen, it was probably a surprise to an extent because I think it's the first time I've spent the entire 90 minutes at Parkhead uh, for a long, long time. Usually I'm, we're, we're out of there by 65 to 70 minutes. So... I suppose that was refreshing in a way. But, yeah, disappointed the Hearts couldn't take a result. And I think generally we're probably maybe two or three possibly quality players away from getting a result at Parkhead um, on another night. I think you have someone who can, who can finish those chances off then. Then you do walk away with at least a point. Um, 
And I was talking to a Celtic friend of mine, and he was saying, "Oh, Celtic, you know, deserve to win the game and all that thing." And I says, "Well, no, I don't think he did." And you know, he's talking about the chances they created. I was like, "But yeah, Celtic Park, you would expect those chances to be created, and none of them were were forcing Craig Gordon into saves that you wouldn't expect him to make." Um, James Forrestov said the chance at the start of the um, the the first half there, where Cammy Devlin slipped and and they got in, and um, and he made a brilliant save, and and we got away with that. Apart from that, I thought they were all pretty routine saves. Um, ones, anyway, you would expect them to make at, at Celtic Park. I just think the chances that we had were probably more clear-cut, and I think it was down to poor finishing. We didn't test Joe Hart enough. And uh, and obviously, we've been undone by an absolutely terrible decision. And I said that at the time we were standing there, we, we had pretty good seats. I think we were like two or three rows from the front. And I said, that's offside. I could see it. And we we we're at, we haven't got as nearly as good an angle as the linesman did. It was almost like he he went to put his flag up, but just totally shot himself because the crowd was cheering right behind him. So you know it's embarrassing, really, and that's exactly why we need VAR and and Scotland to to come up with decisions like that. It's not close. It's not difficult to tell. Like certain pundits were saying at the weekend there. I'm sorry, on Thursday there. Um, it was clear cut. It was clearly offside, and you could see it, if I could see it at the time then how the linesman didn't. Um, I thought it was an embarrassing bit of play. And obviously, Bobby Madden and, and his team of officials, um, as usual, um, didn't cover themselves in glory. You know, I mean, what I'm sure we'll probably talk about the, the drop ball, uh, probably one of the most embarrassing bit of refereeing I've, I've actually ever seen. Um, but these things happen in Glasgow, and, and we've seen them all before. And it's not just a, a one-off or, or anything like that. It happens all the time, uh, particularly to, to, to clubs like Hearts, who you think I've got half a chance. I remember going to Parkhead when um, back in 06 there, we had just beat Hibs in the semi-final. I mean, listen, the league was all but over, but Hearts were going for the Champions League um, to try and finish second. And we battered Celtic that night, scored a perfectly good goal, which got flagged out for offside. And we had a stonewall penalty turned down when Bobo Baldi assaulted Roman Bednar in the box. You know, that that's that's one of the trips to Parkhead there. I've seen Rangers score in the ninety-sixth minute when there should have only been like two minutes added on, when there was only something like three subs made the entire game, yet yeah, they got six minutes from somewhere because they were one nil down. Um I've seen Celtic as well score in the last minutes with, with too much time added on. Uh we, we we've seen them obviously when they came to Tynecastle on New Year's Day, one three two when Fisas was sent off for absolutely nothing. The the Mika Lunas one where um Obviously, he got the eight-match ban for just telling the linesman that he's useless because he was useless. Apparently, that was assault when Kyriakos just fell over. Nobody touched him in the box. Last-minute penalty winner for Rangers. You know, it goes on and on and on. And it, it all amounts to two teams, the old firm, these decisions. You know, it's not as if they're spread over the league and it's happy. You know, it just happens to, to whoever uh, we seem to be playing. But it always comes back to two teams, Celtic and Rangers. And until we get VAR in, um, which will highlight these decisions even more because there's nowhere to hide with VAR. People use the argument, well, it'll still be the Glasgow um, referees who are are are, um, are actually running it. But it's not because if there's something that's highlighted on VAR and they don't make the correct decision from that, there's nowhere to hide. Um, and they've got to call these out because until something's done about it, clubs like Hearts and, and Aberdeen and Hibs and Dundee United will have no chance of ever challenging the old firm because... You know, you're playing against 12 men for a, uh, well, right away. 
Jamie, are, are, are referees um, more inclined to give uh, decisions to the two big Glasgow clubs? Yeah, I think they probably are, especially through in Glasgow. Um, I don't think it takes a genius to say that you know, these bigger crowds can have an influence on, um, say, 50-50 decisions, if you like, or where the referee's not got the best of views. Uh, I think a lot of the time the crowd can, can sway that, and that's not a criticism of the referee necessarily. I think that's just the way kind of things go. Um, I think it's the same if Hearts were at home to Hamilton, really, to an extent. I think that the crowd noise does play a part. Um, but obviously, you know, we do have kind of old firm uh, favouritism in this country. A lot of the referees are from the West, and that's just the way it goes. Um, Robbie Nielsen again comes out, calls it absolutely as it is after the game as well, which uh, I'm very enjoying, uh, enjoyable to see. It's good to see he's not kind of mincing his words or anything. He just comes out, says it as it is, takes his ban on the chin, which uh, I'm surprised he's not been given yet, but there we go. I think it's quite stark, David, that Robbie Nielsen's not been given a ban yet for what was said. <laughs> That's quite funny, eh? I mean, it's the, it's the fact he said, you know, I can't say too much because I'll have the book thrown at me for them to go on a five-minute rant on saying too much. <laughs> so, I mean, it was fun. I, I'm like, Jamie, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's funny. Um, although, it, I mean, it does talk a lot of pish, Nielsen, but at least when it's about the referees and it's right, it is enjoyable. Um Although I do, I do remember him saying he thought we matched Celtic in the first half after the game, which I don't agree with at all because they battered us, really. Um, but that's by the by. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's enjoyable, but I hope he doesn't have to do it because the referee should just be making the correct decisions. So it shouldn't have to be uh, like this. And, you know, Levine was famous for it as well. Back, Everyone remembers his uh, uh, interview after um, Dundee United got basically cheated at Ibrox. And we've heard him, I mind, on the radio after... Rangers came to Tynecastle, and he was saying that the lines, the referee chief told them to put the the offside, the, the defensive line, the eighteen yard line, <laughs> so that it would be easier to do offsides. They did that, and they still got it wrong. <laughs> and I remember his famous sweary rant after that as well. So this isn't anything new, and I think everyone knows that. Um, and I think we know that <laughs> what was at the end of next year, they're planning to implement VAR. I mean. I don't know why they're having to wait till halfway through the season to do it. That seems a bit bizarre. You either do it for the full season or not, because you're then going to bring back the, oh, we were done in August, and that's cost us, you know, three points, and you miss out by, I don't know, Europe by two points, then you're you're sitting there feeling cheated again. So seems bizarre. Um, but, yeah, I think as much as I don't like VAR in the sense that I don't like the idea of not being able to celebrate goals properly because you never know if the offside flag is going to go up like Gordon had last night with Everton, twice he went limbs and twice he got told to sharp again because it was offside by a toenail. Um, so that yeah, but, but, but there's not... a, there's a difference though because if you watch the VAR in Europe, um, shite like that last night doesn't happen. You know they they, they don't do oh he's offside by a toenail so yeah, but that's offside they've got the thicker lines and yeah but you know the, the Scottish Premier League are the Scottish Premier League are better nah, England they, way of doing it. No, nah, they 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 won't and they've they, no, they've the problems for everything. No, they, they, they have and they've already said that that's not going to be the case. And, and the, the things that they're going to be focusing on simply are offsides, penalty decisions, you know, potential red card, that sort of thing. I'll believe um, it when I see it. But I know that for a fact... But I just think a decision like, like um, on Thursday there, that, that's as well, clear. That's clear I mean, that, that takes a couple of minutes. And it's not, it's not even that. I mean, Bobby Madden, right, they had it on the, the big screens. Up, up at the game, he could have took a look up and seen right away. Actually, that's offside. 
You know, how how, how difficult is it? You know, because we even we could see it. And you heard the Celtic fans laughing when they seen it. <laughs> you know, they, they were laughing. They knew they'd got away with it there. Um, so, yeah, it, it really is. It's a disgrace. You, you talk about VAR. Should the linesman not be just getting that right? I mean, the truth well, well, he should be. That particular linesman should be. Because, like I say, if I can see it from the seat at the time, then how he can't see it there and then? And it comes down to incompetence. And, and the man's a coward, quite simply. And, you know, Jamie talks about how that they're influenced by the bigger crowds. I don't think it's necessarily anything to do with being influenced by the bigger crowds because it's happened at Tynecastle when, when they're away teams. So, you know, they're clearly not always influenced by the, the bigger teams. They're influenced by their allegiances to their teams. Simple as that. And, um, and more's got to be done about it. Listen, if there's too many referees from the West Coast, then why not just get foreign referees in? Other countries do it. You know what I mean? Oh, remember the one week we did have foreign referees. I remember exactly. some great decisions, some strong decisions being yep. made that week. Yep, and I think it's something that we should look into doing because it's probably the most um, sort of clear-cut thing that, that, that we could do going forward and it would probably cancel out uh, corruption. So if Scottish referees, if they want to go and referee, they want to make that their, their career, then you know they can go abroad and do it. But if you know if they don't, then... Go back to the day job because most of them have day jobs. They have very good day jobs, um, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe we need full-time referees here, where it's their livelihood. If they make an arse yet, then you'll you'll not be refereeing these big games again, and you won't make money. Um, I think I think it's got to got to get to that stage because if someone's got a full-time job and they're almost doing this as as a hobby, and they are seeing their favourite team playing, you know, are you going to uh, you know, and you've got an opportunity to give an offside? Of course, you're going to give it, aren't you? You know, you're going to get your team out out this shit. Um, I think that I think that's that's the annoyance with fans, eh? Because you see someone like Madden or Colin making mistake week after week, and they just get handed the bigger games. Yeah. Like, where's the punishment yeah. for it? Where uh, are they uh, getting uh, dropped down to the championship and League One like they should be? Just like anyone yeah. else, if any in any other job, if someone was making an arse of it, they'd get told, right, that's enough, plenty. Sure you're, you're not good enough. Get out. You know, yeah. sacked in the morning. But no, they just seem to get away with mistake after mistake with little well, to no repercussions for it either. I, I was listening to Crawford Allen um, and, and he was on the, the radio on Saturday and, you know, he was a useless referee himself, but now he's actually the head of the referees now in Scotland. And uh, and he was saying that um, actually he had a word with Bobby Madden and, and the, the linesman and he had sympathy for the linesman because he felt it was a tough decision. He says, was it offside? Probably. What do you mean? Probably. It was offside. And it wasn't minimal. It isn't a difficult, uh, difficult decision to make. I can see it from a seat, so he should be able to see it. The absolute coward. And it's not. And then he had, had a word with Bobby Madden as well about the um, the turnover of play and obviously with, with with the drop ball and how it should have should have went at Hearts. The fact is, it shouldn't have actually been a. Uh, you know, the game shouldn't have been stopped anyway. Um, but he obviously tried to back him up on that. But that's that's a decision that he got wrong there. I hope that there's a black mark against him now, but there won't be. And simply he'll carry on getting the big games, as David says. But the the you know the terms of the linesman um, at at Celtic Park on Thursday. You know there's there's a lot of rumours going about that that he was a season tick holder at Parkhead. Now if that's true, he shouldn't be allowed to referee Celtic games or be involved in Celtic games. Simple as that. And um, and I, I'm absolutely sure that these things have went on and, and these things happen. Um, and for me, there's got to be a, a bit of due diligence done. If you've if you're a supporter of a certain football team, you shouldn't be allowed to referee them or their rivals. You know we've got enough referees and linesmen in this country that uh, clearly that 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 can be done. So 
you know, again, I just go back to, I think maybe what would actually solve our problem in this country is getting in foreign referees, but, you know, that would take away the influence of the big two. Do the referees get too much protection then, Jamie? Um, well, that, from from who though? So then who's who's protecting them? Because protection from well, what look, exactly? Because they still get a hell of a lot of criticism from fans, managers, the media. Everybody points out these bad decisions, rightly so, obviously, but who who are they getting protected from? Three of them, three of the pundits that were on, Walker, Berra, and... Um, but all, all the Celtic off. fans. Well, Berra being the Celtic <laughs> fan, yes. It all, all basically backed the referee. So they are getting protection, clearly. That was a terrible decision. The only person that was saying it wasn't was Chris Boyd. The Rangers man. Well, you know, people make mistakes. I, I completely understand that. Um, you know, it was a mistake. Yes, it was offside. So that's fine. You get VAR. Another into... honest mistake, eh? The good old honest mistake that we've heard over the years, eh? Jamie weighs journal hat on there. Honestly, the, old glass, the, the Glasgow long blink, I believe, is, yeah, uh, that's, is, would that, be my preferred that's phrase. It. That's it. And we've seen it all before. You know, Celtic and Rangers fans are so paranoid that somehow think that they're the ones that are constantly cheated more than any other club. Delusional. You know, I mean, I'd love to someone to make an actual video of every decision that referees make an arse of that have benefited the old firm over even just the last 10 years. I tell you, it'll probably be about four hours long. But, well, you, I remember uh, there was a Celtic fan that said, you know, the, you know, when at the start of the season, when they scored that goal that was offside, but, you know, the boy was level, even though it wasn't a goal because the Hearts players stopped playing because of the whistle went. You know, these things even themselves out. I had to laugh because if, we, if things were even themselves out, we'd get the next 50 decisions in our way, at least, for things to even themselves out. So, yeah, the paranoia from the, the two clubs is laughable at the best of times. I don't know. I, I actually don't know where they get these ideas in their head from. Honestly, it must be something in the water over there. It really has to be. You know, I think Hearts have uh, I've got to get stronger um, and come out and say, well, listen, we don't want a certain referee refereeing our game. Uh, that, that's honestly what I would do. You know, I'd, I'd go full Romanov here. Um, go back to the media monkeys and and the cheats and the um and the SFA and all this sort of thing, and I would be saying, well, listen, I don't want Bobby Madden refereeing a Hearts game anymore because he's constantly absolutely robbed us of decisions. He's not a very good referee. Um, likewise, John Beaton, likewise, Column. I'd go, I'd go right through them and say, we don't want these people refereeing our games. Put the pressure right on them because when they inevitably make another decision. Um, that goes against Hearts, that's quite clear, you can come out and go, well, that's exactly why we don't want these people refereeing our football games. Simple as that. Put the Turn the tables and put the pressure right on the governing body. And listen, if they want to throw fines at us, fine. You know what I mean? We'll just no pay them. Do decisions like that, David, I'll get the last point in, on, on the referees, do decisions like that, though, drive fans away? Because you can't win with them. I don't know about that because, to be honest, everyone loves a wee moan in this country, so it gives you something to talk about. <clears throat> it, it drives you mad, and it—I it, don't know—it it certainly wouldn't drive me away from stop going to games. Um, but certainly, if I knew who the referee was, I'd go, "Well, do you know what? I wouldn't be some." Well, obviously, we see you, uh, the referees are before the game. And if you look at it and you go, "Oh, it's 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 beaten," yeah, no chance today uh, against Rangers away. Yeah, might as well just no bother. We say that we always still go because we're obsessed. We're mentally ill. But yeah, it wouldn't certainly drive me away. Um, it drives you mad, obviously, as I said. But we're used to it by now, really, aren't we? And we still go. So 
I would say that's your evidence kind of there. We, we still plod along and we still like a moan in the pub afterwards about how we've been robbed of a goal or whatever, um, which really warms the cockles on a cold December evening. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't drive me away. And, and just, uh, the three of you, it doesn't drive you three away either. I wanted to ask you as well about the incident with Barry Mackay um, at that corner. Listen, it's Hearts v Celtic, isn't it? You know, it's a very toxic game. Um, listen, I think Hearts fans have thrown more than enough objects towards Celtic players over the years. I don't really think we're in a position to to start questioning it, to be honest with you. We're not questioning Celtic fans, though. I'm guessing we're questioning the issue as a whole here, of it being wrong, as opposed yeah. to points on the same. It is what it is. You know, I mean, you're never going to eradicate it from the game. Um, but it shouldn't happen. No, should it, it shouldn't happen, but it, it does. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know what what you can do about it, to be honest with you. I mean, you're always going to have fans that, unless you physically pat down every single fan that goes into the game, which is impossible in a 60,000-seater arena, maybe they should do strict searches on, on the Green Brigade section. Yeah, possibly. But again, you know, you're just costing the clubs even more money, aren't you? Um, but I mean, I, I don't think, you know... It, listen, you're always going to get it. You've had it for years. It's always going to happen. I just think it's, it's something. The the good thing is, I think in a way, is it's it's very difficult for someone to get you know properly hurt at a football ground from what fans can take in. It's not as if they can bring a gun in or you know a knife or glass bottles or anything like that. You know, it was only a plastic ball, and you know it's hit them in, on the shoulder. Um, like I say, you know, it's it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not condoning it because you know it's it's against the law and um and the person who threw it rightly so was reprimanded um he'll probably never get back in a football game again um the people who have done it at Tyne Castle as well they're the same I'm sure they've been caught and, and arrested you know I mean you should be able to go to a football game without throwing something but at the same time I can understand the um because it, yeah, it's a toxic football game you know, people do. Th- people go into football grounds and they become different people, and um, and things take over them, and and they do things that they wouldn't normally do in society. And I think because it is highlighted at a football game, um, suddenly you know everyone's cr- the whole of football's criminal, and and everyone's you know in the exact same boat, and everybody's painted um, as the same picture. And I think it's it's harsh because someone's clearly had too much to drink. And they've and they've threw something towards the pitch, and I think you know rather than boiling it out as a, as an entire football problem, I think you should just look at that individual, uh, that person individually, because clearly he's he's a person that couldn't control himself. You know, there were sixty thousand people there, um, and there was only a, a, a small minority of them throwing things onto the park. Um, as I said, it happens at Tincastle as well when we when we play against. You know Celtic or Hibs or, or and things like that, and it shouldn't happen, but but it does. But I don't think it should should paint a picture of football as a whole. Um, I just think it unfortunately it's something that happens and it's something that that um, carries with the sport. Does it not give football a bad look when you see something like that? It definitely gives us a bad look. Not well, not us, but just the sport as a whole. Um, you know. <laughs> I think you see it in, uh, we've seen it in France with, with Leon as well. Um, I think that was Payet that got hit that time. It was one of the 
one of the night games I remember watching on BT. Um, you know, again, it was a plastic cup and, you know, he went down like he'd been shot. But, you know, Barry McKay, fair play to him, just got on with it. But that was another thing about Madden, actually. He was just like, right, come on, son, just take the corner, hurry up, come on, clock's going. You know, he'd been, it was missiles raining down on him. It was coins, cups, the lot, and Madden was just like, right, come on, hurry up, come on, quickly, you take the corner, quickly, you'll get out of there and sort of thing, which was... You know, he was saying it was, I think he said it was the stewards' problem to deal with, not his. It was like, you know, stewards, as everybody knows, the stewards and the police were there are a bit of a joke and always have been, really. So you're not going to get much change off of them. But I would uh, would be very interested to have seen what happened if it had been Kyogo in the uh, the opposite corner of the pitch. But uh, we'll we'll never know. Well, not this time, anyway. Talking about uh, Kyogo, um, David, um, he does like to fall about quite a bit, doesn't he? Really? What makes you say that? I don't have oh, any evidence of that, Ross. It, it is true that when you do get nipped on the stomach, you do the first intent, the first dot reaction is just to fall down on the floor, um, just like it is when you get tapped on the head, uh, or when you get there's a wee a wee light breeze around Celtic Park, it's natural to fall down as well, isn't it? Well, you, um, you're actually an expert when it comes to those sort of things, David. I, I, what are you talking we've, about? Every we've time seen, we've seen some of your dives over the years at fives, to be I fair. Count, I, I've lost count of how many times I've been raked on the Achilles at fives uh, because of scumbags mm, like you. No, you just no, can't catch I've up never, with me. I've you never challenged like, you once. Uh, I've never challenged you once. Thing, that's no, it's just not my game, son. I'm not a hatchet man like you, nor am I a diver either. Right, okay. I, I've seen you go doing son. Honestly, I've seen Milton. Yeah, after being it's embarrassing. After, embarrassing. After you after went doing the five easy payments on that challenge. Was, uh, because it was failed, I tried to stay on my feet because uh, I've got plenty of <laughs> integrity. That's why. And the fact embarrassing. You think Kyogo was in this chat with us, eh? No, listen, Kyogo's a little cheat. I mean, he is. He's, he actually, he's somebody, I can't wait for a referee to actually book him because then. It'll get what? referred. There's to, no um, referee's going to book him up here. Oh, somebody will eventually. A Rangers-minded referee will. He'll get booked um, in Europe, probably. No, he's not stupid enough to do that in Europe because he can. He'll get away with it. But I think it's something the Postacoglu is obviously telling his players to do. I think because they're all at it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there is. There's quite a few of them that, that go down. Um, that, that when, when they haven't been touched. Um, I mean, Jota, uh, it does it a few times as well. I watched them against Dundee United as well. They were. Uh, jumping and diving all over the place. So I don't know if it's just an Australian thing or what, but um, clearly it's something Postacoglu's telling them to do. Um, yeah, th- th- listen, Kyogo for that penalty um, against Livingston, um, that they're trying to make argue- arguments for it that because uh, he was fouled in the box. Getting tapped in the head is not a foul. And the day it becomes a foul, the game's gone. Um, the man's a little disgrace and he needs to be uh, he needs to be reprimanded, I think. You know, they need to throw the book at him. Um, because it's not even just dives. It's not even if he's running at a player and he's just falling over and uh, and he's looking for a penalty. Because, I mean, that's been happening for years, long before he come along. He's going up to players and just falling over. You know what I mean? That's actually worse than, than diving. And, and that's that's trying to purposely get... Remember when Lafferty done it against um, Charlie Mulgrew? And he was yeah. hounded and hounded and hounded for for ages. for, for And Michael Lunas as well when he dived against Scotland and he was hounded. Where's the outrage about Kyogo? You know what I mean? It's just, it's disgraceful. The they, they only, they, I mean, and maybe it goes back to the earlier point about the mainstream media, actually, maybe they're, they're actually protecting him because it never gets brought up in any of the papers or, or any of the, 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 the sports organisations. The only time you see it is on Twitter and it's a disgrace. Fairness to Boyd, actually, he, he made a, a, a comment about it, but it doesn't get spoken about enough and it's, um, 
and Celtic should actually be embarrassed. I just unmuted myself there to say that uh, that's something that you can blame the, the media for. I'll accept that on behalf of my industry. <laughs> I do have accepted something that your industry's not done, Jamie. Our, our, our many failings. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on and chat a little bit about um, the Livingston game. A 1-0 win at Vale. Good win. First half, we weren't really at the races though, Gordon, were we? No, and uh, it seems to be a trend that, that we tend to set these days as we don't start games particularly well. Um, yeah, I was, I was surprised he, he had dropped Haddon. I just, uh, I can't understand why, because I thought, you know, he was he was excellent um, at Celtic Park on Thursday. I thought he came in for obviously Benny. And uh, I mean, listen, I've, I've been a big advocate for Peter Haddon on this show for a long, long time. I think he's a fabulous player and he shows his qualities. Um, in games like Thursday and then obviously again on Sunday there against Livingston I thought he was excellent when he came on clearly the setup wasn't right Livingston again just pressurised hearts just put pressure on them gave us absolutely no breathing space and um, which I was quite surprised at how the game turned like that because I thought we actually started all right and we looked as if maybe we, we had the bit between our teeth but you know kind of about 10 minutes in when we hadn't scored Livingston seemed to sort of gain confidence from that and they started doing the things that they had obviously worked on. Um, Create chances, Craig Gordon again, world-class save. And um, it was like we were playing with 10 men because I thought Woodburn, um, as he's often done quite a lot this season, was, was anonymous. He wasn't doing the things that um, clearly he had been told to do. He wasn't chasing, he wasn't overlapping. Uh, anytime he got the ball, he would give it away. He had a terrible, terrible game. Um, and credit to Nielsen for once because he actually made the change early enough. Um, he clearly seen that it wasn't working in this. Well, I, I was moaning it when we played Motherwell, particularly because um, I thought the the game against Livingston had could have went this, the same way um, as the Motherwell game did, um, as perhaps even the Aberdeen game in the second half could have done. You seen the writing was on the wall, and only one team was going to go on and win it. So credit to him for making the change because it gave us um, long enough to kind of um, settle down and get our shape right. Um, and then you see when we came out in the second half that, that we're the better side. Yeah, we, we rode our luck in that first half, but sometimes you've got to do that. But I just hope when we come up against better teams, we'll be more suitably prepared. And, and Nielsen will have learned from from his mistake on, on how he set up that um, on on Sunday against Livingston. But brilliant second half performance. That was more like more like Hearts, particularly away from home. You've got to be aggressive, um, create lots of chances. It's just a shame that we can't put... Um, more than one of them away, I think that's that's going to be a concern as our finishing, because I thought we created some really really good chances. Mackay misses one, uh, Boyce was guilty as well. Um, Nandalee obviously has missed a couple there. Um, McInef missed missed a sitter, who was someone I thought played really really well, and it was good to actually see him back in the team again. I think he adds something different. He adds a a, a bit of energy into that Hearts midfield again. Um, something we were guilty of of constantly getting overrun. Um, but him in there with, with a Devlin and a Harren and, and even a Beningame at times um, clearly gives us a, a different dynamic in the middle of the park. Uh, so I thought he was really good. But yeah, it was disappointing that we could score more in the end. But I think during that spell where Livingston were on top, if you turn around and say to Hearts, I'll win this game 1-0, um, you certainly would have taken that. And given our history um, uh, at the Tony Macaroni Arena, um, particularly in recent years, it's it's been extremely poor. So um I hadn't won away from home since since the end of August. It was good to get the monkey off the back, and it was a big, big three points. Jamie Liam Boyce got the goal, and um, we we have missed his goals, haven't we? 
Yeah, um, you know, again, didn't start the game at Parkhead. That's why it was that kind of tight calf problem that saw him come off towards the end um, that meant that he didn't start there. I think that he started at Parkhead as well. You saw when he came on, we saw a big change in the way Hearts, uh, Hearts were going forward. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see him back on the score sheet. He's our top goal scorer this season. It's good to see him scoring from open play. Obviously, scored a couple of penalties and missed a couple as well. So, good to see him uh, scoring from open play. And it was actually a very nice goal as well. It was a, a goal that this heart system um, really needs. You've got defender John Suter driving forward, playing the passes that we all know he's capable of playing. Lovely first-time pass again from um, the creator, Barry Mackay, and uh, a nice finish from Boyce. So, really good team goal. David, that's us now five clear of third. It loses so much. that The really important thing this season is going to be away form and how that kind of dictates where we finish in the league table. Um, I don't think we can go on another run of three months without a win away from home. It's just not sustainable to then keep third place. It's just really not. Because you're going to slip up at home at some point eventually as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we get performances like in the second half, then of course we will. Because, you know, it's, we've we've created four really, really good chances. We should have scored about three in that second half, I'd say at a bare minimum. Obviously, you can you made the argument that Livy should have scored about three as well in the first half, but that's by the by. If you create chances like in the second half, which we did, I think Nielsen should be getting them on the training pitch and uh, do some shooting practice because some of the finishing was pretty shambolic, I'd say. Uh, and that's not really new, I'd say. We've missed quite a few sitters this season. Um, but I guess the, the, the saving grace is that we're creating them. You know, you'd be worried if you weren't creating them at all. Um, so yeah, I'd like to think that we can, you know, next away games. What Dundee, you know, it's a it's a ground that we've kind of got a mixed record at. It'll be a hostile game, as I'm sure we all know. And I, I don't, I'd like to fancy if we can put that performance up there, we'd we'd be good enough to get three points. Um, and I think lucky for us, we've got quite a few home games coming up over the festive period too. Uh, and you know, Hearts at home, you'd fancy us to get three points no matter who we're playing. Um, so yeah, if we can if we can keep this a strong bit of form going into kind of the, the turn of the year, then I'd like to say that puts us on a really good uh, step for third place. Because you know, as as we know, Dundee United and Motherwell are capable of picking up points whenever. I think that's just the, the nature of the league this season. I think anyone will give anyone a good game. Um, you know, results just show you that. Um, so we can't kind of um rest on our laurels and say you know we're five clear. You know, let's let's be buzzing about that. Got a bit of a gap in third now. You know, you've got to watch out in this league, but. Hearts should be looking above them, not below them. And uh, it's nice to actually do that for a change. And, uh, you know, result against Rangers next weekend can put us in a good position. You've teed that up brilliantly because that's what I was just going to start chatting about. Rangers on Sunday. Gordon, big You're game. You're very welcome, Ross. <laughs> um, big game, Gordon, um, coming up, as they always are. Um, do you fancy our chances, though? Fancy beating anyone at Tin Castle, though, don't we? Yeah, I think you've got to. Um... I, think, I, I don't see Hearts losing the game. Um, I think the big question will be whether or not they can they, they can win the game. And I think if they, they can put a similar performance like they did in the second half of Celtic Park and um, and, and Livingston, I think they've got a really good chance. They've got to be aggressive. Um, they've got to press Rangers. They've got to give them no time. And we've got to use the ball um, cutely. Because, I mean, listen, Rangers are a good side. They're playing well at the moment. They've got their new manager in there. Um, and I think we... we I think we've we've got to realise that it's a big game for Rangers as well, and and put the pressure on them because you've found quite a few times that any time you do tend to put the pressure on Rangers, they have habits of cracking under it. 
Um, so it's a big opportunity for Hearts. Um, if Hearts can get themselves three points there, then as David says, it's we've got a good run of fixtures, Dundee away and then Ross County and St Johnson both at home. So um, for me, you've got a huge chance of taking 12 points over your next four games, which sets us up for the derby and then obviously the winter break. Hearts can do so, then it, it puts them in a fabulous position, um, a really strong position for third. So um, you've you've got to win the big games. We've beaten Celtic at Tynecastle already. I don't see there's any reason why we can't beat Rangers. We've beat them in our last two at Tynecastle as well. Um, it's it's going to be a sellout. It'll be a, hopefully a really good atmosphere. They haven't got the, their full back in the three and a half thousand behind the goal. Um, so I think there's a real opportunity, and they'll be interested to see how Hearts do because I think in the big games, um, apart from Celtic on the opening day, they've they haven't won a big game yet. Um, and and I think that's something which um, has has been one of Nielsen's Achilles heels over the years. Uh, although his record against Rangers is actually very good, so hopefully um, he'll continue that and we can get a win. Um, but I'll be interested to see how Rangers approach the game because I think um, if we go with the the three four three, there's a chance that they might overrun us in midfield. So that's why I hope that that Peter Harren's in there. Hopefully Beningame will be back. I don't know if he will be or not, but if there's the opportunity to maybe play him, um, Harry and, and, and Devlin all in there, then I think that's something that we should maybe look at uh, with Mac and F as well. Um, get lots of energy in that middle of the park, try and win the midfield battle, because I think that's where it will be key, because Rangers have a lot of really good midfielders. Uh, and I think what it will come down to is, is I, I actually think it will be a game of a few chances. Um, if if it goes that way, I, I watched Rangers against Hibs at Easter Road, and I thought you know Hibs more than matched them, and it's a Hibs side who can barely buy a win at the moment. Um, so if Rangers play like that at Tynecastle, I think Hearts have got a very good chance, and we've seen at Ibrox already this season. Uh, Hearts got a point there, um, although we did create a few chances of ourselves, we gave up too many chances, and um, if you continue to do that against good sides who have good finishers like Rangers, then they will eventually punish you. So hopefully we'll we'll not give up as many chances as we have been doing. But um, yeah, it's a it's a very intriguing game. It's set up for a it's it's a, it's a big big game uh, for both sides. So um, I expect it to be quite a tense, tight game, and um, and hopefully quite a few bookings because that's where my money will be going. You're all about the bookings, Gordon. All about the bookings. Absolutely, Jamie. Rangers are a bit of a, a different team now under Van Bronckhorst. They, they have you know, performed probably better since the new managers came in. Would you probably agree? Yeah, just about. Um, you know, like Gordon, I watched them at Easter Road um, and I thought they were a little bit conservative, to be honest. Um, but, you know, he's, he's getting results and whether it's a new manager bounce, I, I don't know, really. You can call it what you want, but convincing 3-0 over Dundee at the weekend as you would expect it's a bit more routine like from for Rangers at home um, but you know the, as Gordon said Nielsen's got a good record against Rangers and Hearts in general especially at home have got a, a half decent record uh, against Rangers at Tynecastle so uh, you know I, I stand by the belief that no not many teams like coming to Tynecastle um, and it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts about the allocation you know that's I guess we're all in agreement that it's going to make a massive difference and, and be a massive advantage for Hearts, especially considering there's only a, a few hundred uh, home tickets remaining in the Roseburn stand, so it should be a very good atmosphere. Again, you're preempting my questions, uh, David. I was, I was going to ask you about the allocation. 
less than a thousand Rangers fans will be at Tincastle. How how will that help Hearts? I mean, it's beneficial in every way, shape, and form, really, for the team. Uh, it lot long. It's been too long that uh, Rangers, Rangers and Celtic, obviously, have been getting the full stand at Tincastle, and you know, as as uh, as annoying as it is, just to see too many of them there, you know, we didn't like giving the old firm that much, uh, that many tickets. It's it's we didn't want to listen to their pish for ninety minutes. So the less of that, there's the better. And um, hopefully, uh, without a full stand, the Rangers Celtic fans moaning about every time a, a player hits the deck. Referees might give uh, less fouls to them, although well, that will be remain to be seen on Sunday. Um, but yeah, more home fans, more backing. Uh, like you say, Jamie, if it can be a sellout, then you know the atmosphere should be incredible. Uh, it's just a shame it's twelve o'clock, which is a bit annoying. Not enough uh, to have to be a liquid breakfast that day and um, get, get the old juices flowing. But yeah, it'll uh, it, it can only help Ross. I think we all know that, and I think it's been a lot. Uh, we've been asking for this for a while. Um, for their allocations to be cut and you know you're really only get, going to get that when the team's performing well and home tickets are, are, are selling and thankfully we're at, now at that point where we, we, we have enough uh, people interested coming to the games that we can now cut their allocation um, like I think the last time was obviously in the championship when we still had the old stand um, it was the last time they kind of had their, their wee two sections um, two sections still too many for me but that's by the by um, I'd like it to be one or just to be top corner um, just to get it up them really um, and I'm sure we're all in agreement on that too but so be it um, but yeah really looking forward to it um, I think the atmosphere should be great and kind of in agreement with Gordon I don't really see Hearts losing because I think as Jamie alluded to this Rangers team I don't as much as yes they're on winning runs and wins you know gets confidence going and you know you feel like you're unbeatable I don't really think this Rangers team's anything special uh, you know, and, and I think it. Uh, we see it before. It, a small, a tight ten castle pitch where you pressed it, a team like Rangers. Who, by the way, you look at that team. It's still the same bottlers that were in there a few years ago when they didn't win the league, and were chucking it at second place and all that. You've still got frauds like Tavernier and Golson in there who love a wee bottle job. So, it's not out of the question that Hearts can win this game. Far from it. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to it. Who's going to be the main men for Hearts then, Gordon? You mentioned obviously Peter Haring um, earlier. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see how he, how he, Nielsen does set up, but um, yeah, I think I think Taran in there in the middle of the park, I think is where where the the game will be won. So you know, like I say, hopefully Beninga will be back, and if that's the case, I would certainly put all three of them in there because I think they're they're really good players, and and um, and we can hopefully try and exploit Rangers maybe down down the sides whether or not Smith will be back. I thought Taylor Moore done well when he came in, um, played it right back on. Um, on Saturday, uh, sorry Sunday, but yeah, I'd like to see us go with a back four, to be honest with you, and and have that extra man in midfield. I think um, I'm not keen on this back three with the two attacking fullbacks. I just don't think um, I think we're too it's too imbalanced because I don't think we've got a good enough right wing back. Unfortunately, um, I think Smith as a right back is fine, but I think as an actual wing back, I think he's it's not got the legs anymore. Unfortunately. So I would, I think it's something we've got to look at, at the balance of the team and how we approach the game. I think it'll be key. But yeah, intriguing um, to say the least. And it'll be a good indication to see where Hearts are um, as a team um, and how far they can actually maybe push the old firm. Because I think as David said earlier, not, earlier on, it is, uh, we should really be looking above us rather than below us. Got a five-point cushion at the moment. It's important to keep that and, and extend it. 
um, particularly you know if we can have a sizable um, gap between us and and fourth um, come the winter break, then it gives us the opportunity to further strengthen in January and and kick on again and and secure third because getting back in Europe is going to be the key for for the football club. Um, and there's a good chance that you know they can get themselves into a group stage, you, uh, whether it's Europe League or the the Conference League next season. I think it's something that a fan base, which has been um, had to put up with a lot of shite over the last ten years, um, really, really deserve. Um, and my liver certainly deserves it. And uh, I want my European away trips, so they better deliver them. Listen, you listening, Robbie? You better deliver them. And if you do, you, your, your life expectancy will probably cut by another 10 years. Oh, easily, easily. <laughs> What's our predictions then? Um, I'll go for a... Mm, I'm going to go... Draw. I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be nil-nil, actually. I think both will just cancel each other out in the end. Jamie? One-all one all for me, I think. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go down the middle as well. Dave? I'm going to be optimistic. Well, I'm, well the, I'm not going to be optimistic. I'm going to be the optimist out of the three of us. And I'm going to say 2-1 hearts. Huh. I think we'll win 2-0. A clean sheet, Ross. A clean sheet. Well, you know, you, you all keep on telling me we've got a world-class goalkeeper, you know. So we do. And yeah, I, but I, we have a dud defence, so evens itself out. Now you've mentioned that twice on the show. <laughs> right at the start and right at the end, eh? Stealing facts. Stealing facts. Nah, I think it'll be t- simply because Robbie Nielsen has a very good record against them. And he's not, I think he's, did he, has he lost it? He lost it, Tincastle to Rangers? Mm, no, I don't think he has, no. So there we go. I may have just jinxed that there. Probably have. Probably have. Probably have. Probably. Hopefully I haven't. Um, and hopefully we can have a positive podcast next week if I haven't. Um, thank you guys for joining me this week. And yeah, hopefully we get a win over Rangers on Sunday. Keep that five-point gap. Until next week, goodbye.